faithwire.com. In a story that has not been widely covered, OSHA has suspended enforcement of Joe Biden's vaccine mandate for employers. Today's Thursday, November 18, 2021. I'm Dan Andros. We'll have this top story and more on today's 4 and 3 podcast from CBN's Faithwire. Four big stories, three things you need to know about them, all from a Christian perspective. That's what we do here. You can find us on iTunes. Go ahead and give us a subscribe. We'd love to have you with us here Monday through Friday. Joining me today, Trey Gons Phillips from FaithWire.com is back. And now Billy is out. <laughs> so once again, the uh, the trifecta is uh, broken up for the time being. But glad to have you back, Trey, from uh, being being sick. Not fun. Yeah, no. I'm happy to be back. I, so I had strep throat, and I've not had that in, in many, oh, many goodness. years. Uh, and it's just... It's no fun, but I, praise God for antibiotics, right? <laughs> yes. Um, so uh, while I was gone, the International Olympic Committee decided to update their rules uh, on transgender athletes. And I, I'm not thinking that people are going to be too thrilled about it, but we'll, we'll get into the details on, on that. All right. Sounds good. And we're also going to touch on uh, what Bill Maher said on CNN. I don't think CNN was expecting him to go the route that he did on the topic <laughs> of CRT. And so we will uh, dive into that and more coming up. But we're going to start here with this story number one and the details here on what OSHA did with Joe Biden's vaccine mandate. And so they are abiding by a court order and suspending enforcement of the Biden administration's COVID-19 vaccine mandate on larger private businesses, ones with over 100 employers. You've probably heard about that one. And so in a statement OSHA put on their website, they said the court order that OSHA take no steps to implement or enforce uh, the testing emergency or emergency temporary standard or ETS until further court order. Um, the agency, they did say that it remains confident in their authority to protect workers in emergencies, uh, this two-year emergency we've got going on. Um, and so the suspension comes after the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit upheld a stay on the mandate and uh, the Department of Justice said it will vigorously defend the rules laid out by OSHA. So um, so there you have it. Uh, and now you're seeing really honestly, number two here on this one, Trey, the media didn't really. Yeah, there's obligatory posts on it you can find on the Internet if you search OSHA mandate suspension. But it did not get the full throated sort of all in coverage we're used to seeing when the media really cares about a story. And so it, it's under the radar. I bet you if you went on the street, a lot of people wouldn't even know that this mandate had been um, suspended. And yeah. I mean, we're talking big fines here that could be that could have a lot of companies could be under. And so they were sort of forced saying, you know what, I don't want to deal with this. So, yeah, we're just doing it. And uh, man, if if the tide starts to turn on that and the court keeps going in this direction, I think you're going to see an end to these mandates really fast. And it's not going to look and age well for the Biden administration. So. Um, because they've been pushing for this. So uh, number number three here, why does it matter? Well, I mean, look, it matters for everybody who has a job. There are so many people who've been forced with some people have lost their jobs already over this because their employers decided to follow it and do it. Now, again, that's their right as private companies. But we may see that some of these people who've been let go, that could come back to bite them if court cases like this keep coming down. Um, these people then may turn around and sue that they've been wrongfully terminated. And mm -hmm. so uh, you could see a whole cascade of that. And um, that would be messy. And a lot of companies would be in big trouble 
uh, if that were the case. But that's down the line. We'll see where that goes. But a very, very interesting turn of events here. Yeah. And, you know, the way the media covered this, look, I understand why people uh, say that there's media bias. And a lot yeah. of times it happens like this. It's not the obvious, uh, you know, that the, the way you covered that story was super liberal or the way you covered that was super conservative. Yeah. Like it's not usually that obvious stuff. Usually it's in what's prioritized and what makes headlines, what ends up being a push notification on your phone from CNN or Fox News or MSNBC or whatever. Like that's a lot of times where the bias comes in. Uh, and I'm sympathetic to the people who might uh, look at this, the fact that it hasn't gotten a whole lot of uh, across the board mainstream wall-to-wall coverage because this is really really big news like it should be getting uh, all that kind of breaking news coverage but it, it, I understand why people might think I wonder if they're not giving it big coverage because they're thinking maybe the everyday American who's going to work won't realize it and their company won't change their policy even though the OSHA rule has been suspended Yeah, uh, and they'll still say you've got to get vaccinated and these people will just say well it's it's the, the Biden administration executive order there's nothing I can do about it I have to get vaccinated so I'm just going to go and do it because they're none the wiser because they haven't seen a whole lot of press coverage of it. So it, it's hard to see uh, why that, or it's easy to see why that might be a motivation here for, for the lack of, of media coverage. Yeah, and you look at what happened to uh, Jedediah Bila the other day on yeah. on um, The View, and when she was talking about her experience and why she didn't get the vaccine and her medical exemption, and then she stated some facts that are from the CDC because it's mm-hmm. just because it sounded negative towards the vaccine, um, they immediately the host just jumped in and said, "Well, we don't want that misinformation on our air." And and so I bring yeah. that up because I think that is the way a lot of people are right now. They're just are overreacting to anything that sounds negative on the vaccine, and they're just, "Well, we we can't criticize the vaccine. That would be that would be just false information." And it's it's like it's this you know perfect being that's out there that you can't criticize. Um, and when it's just a thing, right. And, um, it would be nice if people could have their opinions, but anyway, I bring that up because I don't know, it seems like that's the way the media, they don't want to talk about something that, you know, isn't positive in favor of these vaccine mandates. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And it's just another indication of how toxic our culture has become. I wrote about that on faithwire.com. So Jedediah was on uh, The View to talk about her new book. And the interview lasted all of like three and a half minutes because I just cut it short. She never was asked a single question about her new book. Uh, It's called Dear Hartley. Uh, So the the entire thing was was cut short because of, of what she said about vaccines. And like you said, Dan, everything she said could be backed up by the CDC's website. Like I Googled it after the segment. It's like, let me just check. And everything that she said is in plain text on the CDC's website. She did not say anything that contradicts uh, the the data on that. Um, so, you know, and two, the, it's just an ironic thing that her comments and maybe even stories like this OSHA mandate uh, uh, backtracking. They're just too dangerous to print on television or to, to, to run on television, but we can run all kinds of sexually explicit content uh, right. and violent right. content and all that stuff under the name of entertainment. But right. to talk about something that may be contrarian uh, to the mainstream accepted uh, <laughs> view, even when it's scientifically 
provable or, you know, a reasonable position because it's not the mainstream talking point. That's just too dangerous for television. We got to cut you out. Yeah. I mean, let's just show a whole bunch of shows of people <laughs> shooting each other and cutting heads off and violence and that's everything not else. Dangerous. And not dangerous at all. That's just wholesome material there. But hey, oh, yes. don't you dare quote the CDC in a way that we don't like. Uh, then, yeah. then we got to shut that thing down. But yeah, and we're hoping to talk to Jedediah, by the way. Hopefully, uh, yeah, um, that'd be awesome. Hopefully this week, um, if possible. But uh, we'll be looking forward to that. But um, uh, sure. we'll, and we'll keep an eye on this OSHA story, of course, on FaithWire.com and CBN News, and we'll update it uh, with any with anything that comes out here in the coming days. So we'll be on top of that, and we're gonna also move on over to story number two. Yeah. So, all right. Up next, we're going to talk about the International Olympic Committee. Uh, they announced Tuesday that they're moving away from the testosterone testing for transgender athletes and are now going to allow each sports governing body, each separate body, to, quote, determine how an athlete may be at a disproportionate advantage against their peers, taking into consideration the nature of each sport. Uh, so we'll start, number one, with the details here. Uh, so this week's shift marks uh, the first change since 2015 when the committee began requiring transgender women to prove that their testosterone levels were below 10 nanomoles per liter for at least 12 months before competing. Uh, so here is what the committee said in part, athletes should never be pressured by an international federation, a sports organization, or any other party, either by way of the eligibility criteria or otherwise, to undergo medically unnecessary procedures or treatment to meet eligibility criteria. Uh, they went on to say that provided they meet eligibility criteria that are consistent with principle four on fairness, athletes should be allowed to compete in the category that best aligns with their self-determined gender identity criteria to determine disproportionate competitive advantage may at times require testing of an athlete's performance and physical capacity. However, no athlete should be subject to targeted testing because of or aimed at determining their sex, gender identity, and or sex variations. So a lot of the ruling uh, in this new framework is really kind of convoluted, uh, but it, it boils down to the IOC said that there should be no presumption of advantage in determining whether a transgender woman i.e. a biological man, uh, is eligible to compete. And they view a presumption of advantage, uh, apparently, as testing their testosterone levels uh, before competing. So that's no longer uh, required, at least by them. But there are other organizations, this is number two here, uh, there are other organizations that are still going to require that and and are not going to change uh, their 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 metric. So World Athletics, which is a, a governing body for sports uh, globally, they responded to the IOC framework, confirming that their current eligibility rules will remain in place in place regardless of the IOC's uh, new framework. So in 2019, World Athletics ruled uh, that uh, that, that uh, they had to cap uh, athletes' testosterone levels at five nanomoles per liter uh, in order for them to compete in events like for women to compete in events like 400 meters or, or the mile. Uh, they said in a statement, World Athletics eligibility regulations are based on the same fundamental principles of ensuring fair competition in the female category and on inclusion rather than exclusion, as the IOC has identified in its framework document. World, World Athletics has over a decade of detailed and relevant research and data, uh, which has been used to inform its female eligibility regulations and continues to gather data and collaborate 
on research. And Dan, this is a part that I thought was super interesting. Uh, so Richard Budget, the medical and scientific director for the IOC, he claimed that it's perfectly clear now, this was in his, his statement about the, the new framework. He said, it's perfectly clear now that your performance is not proportionate, uh, proportional to your inbuilt testosterone. What's interesting is that all of the available data says the exact opposite. Of, of, I mean, literally, like well, what he just said is just throw that out because it's not at all what science is saying. No. Uh, so we reported on this before. Uh, in December, a study that was published by the British Journal of Sports Medicine found that even after taking hormones for two years to suppress their testosterone levels, transgender females, which are biological males, still maintained a 12% advantage in running, a 10% advantage in push-ups, a 6% advantage advantage in sit-ups. And the authors of the study even said that those uh, percentages are likely underestimated because trans women will have a higher power output than biological women when performing an equivalent number of push-ups. So again, all of the data goes against what that man just said. What that man just said is clearly is clearly the case. Uh, not at all. Uh, so number three here, why does it matter? We've talked about this before and we'll just keep talking about it. J.K. Rowling has talked about it. Abigail Schreier has talked about it. This kind of stuff literally erases women. It takes away uh, spaces that were designed for biological women the way God intended them to be, biological women. Uh, it takes spaces that were created for them so that they could compete on a level playing field with biological men uh, and eliminates that opportunity altogether. And I can never, uh, I can never get over the irony of the fact that this is coming from the progressive left, which is supposed to be uber feminist and all about empowering the woman. Uh, it's like, you know, I'll, in a lot of these situations, it ends up, ends up that a biological male who identifies as a woman uh, is usurping a position that should go to a woman. Yeah. Uh, we saw that with Caitlyn Jenner several years ago, women winning a woman of the year award. It's like, <laughs> You know, you mean Bruce Jenner, who right. identifies as Caitlyn Jenner, is right. winning an award that's designed right. specifically for women. I mean, how this is not, how people don't see this. If you are someone who believes in the patriarchy and that the patriarchy needs to be shattered and the men yeah. are ruling the world and we've <laughs> got to stop this, how are you letting them take over women's spots? I, I don't understand how this is possible. And I know not all feminists are. I know there are plenty who right. are standing up and pointing out that inconsistency where it's like, hey, wait a minute. The men are infiltrating this too. They found a way. Um, yeah. You know, you'd think, I don't see how you can possibly just not live in a space where you're saying biological males. I, you know, I'm sorry if that makes you uncomfortable if you're a, biological male who doesn't want to be called a biological male but then maybe you should just not compete in sports if that's that's the issue and you know what's crazy is you don't see this the other way around i'm sure there right. maybe is an example one or two here and there but you certainly don't see people trying to do it which is awfully conveniently interesting to me given the stats that you just mentioned that you do not see transgender uh you know I guess well, I'm now I'm all confused. Transgender which, man. Right, a transgender man is a woman. <laughs> a biological female. A biological female going, you know what? I'm just going to go compete against the dudes. Like, it's just, yeah. uh, you know, that's what I am. And so let's do it. They're not doing that because they would get annihilated. And um, yeah. I saw a clip, and I don't think it was a transgender. I think it was a female, which I don't know what parent allowed her to do this, to try to play on the football team. And there's the clip I saw, she was just getting, she just got crushed. And um, I was just thinking, man, what parent lets their daughter go do that? Now, come on. She's going to yeah. get killed out there. But um, 
Anyway, so yeah, I, I don't I don't understand if you're a believer in the patriarchy how you could not see that maybe this is the the patriarchy uh, sneaking in the back door. Look, and here's my thing. Obviously, as believers, we know how God designed sexuality and how God designed our gender identities to be. But let's set that aside for a second. Yeah. If you're going to choose to identify uh, as a as a gender that is opposite to your biological sex, fine, that's your thing. You can do it, whatever. But what's the problem then in just competing on the team that aligns with your biology and still identifying as the other? Mike, but, but compete with the team right. that identifies with the, your biology so that then it's fair for everybody. It's yeah. fairer for you and it's fairer for the people you're competing against. Yeah. I don't see why that's that, that difficult of a thing be. to do. It shouldn't be. And, and again, you cannot use the argument of, well, they feel uncomfortable. Well, guess who feels uncomfortable with you in there? Everyone else. Right. So, yeah. uh, you know, it's it's a it's a flawed argument. You can't use that argument as the basis to do that. And it seems like it seems like a ridiculous way to try to, you know, placate the, you know, th this crowd. You know, it just doesn't seem very wise at all. And, you know, hopefully people come to their senses uh, at some point because it's a madness. And, and honestly, people are going to get hurt. So, yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, if, if you take nothing else from this story, uh, remember to not just accept what a lot of these people say at face value, yeah. like him saying that it's clearly the case that the science goes <laughs> right. one way. The science it's is not, every at no. every point shows the opposite. Yeah. So do your research, look into stories and, uh, you know, remember what your principles yeah. are, because this this stuff certainly is not it. And it's a good point about not taking things at face value real quick, just because, I mean, even like PolitiFact and the fact checker Snopes, they're all very biased and have their own political biases and they bake those into all those fact checks so you can't even trust yeah. those the independent fact checkers independent right. of what so <laughs> anyway so all right let's go on to story number three here um bill maher and you know obviously a very left-leading guy he calls himself a progressive is progressive on pretty much all the issues but he's been getting grief now from the left because he is calling out what he calls the crazy left. And so he went on to Chris Cuomo's <laughs> show on CNN and I, they went and I guess decided to talk about, you know, a whole bunch of things, but Chris, uh, critical race theory was one of them. And, um, so, so he was asked if he's had a political change of heart and he said, my politics have not changed. I'm an old school liberal. And, um, you know, he again points to that far left and, <laughs> And he had this line, he said, when you're doing something that sounds like a headline in The Onion, that's when you've gone too far, which is a good line. And um, But he talked about critical race theory and he defended the parents who were upset about it. And he said, you know, because the, remember, the case here that people are making is, no, it's just not happening. That's not, no one's teaching critical race theory in school. Come on, stop it. And he says, it's not a phantom either, there, that there's something going on in the schools that never went on before. He said, now I'm not in schools. I have no interaction with children whatsoever, but I do understand this issue because I read accounts from parents, from educators. And, um, you know, he talked about this saying, because again, the other argument is, you know, they just don't want to have conversations about race. And his response to that was he doesn't know anyone who's against having honest conversations about race and history. Mm -hmm. um, and he said, you know, we learned about the Civil War. They mentioned racism. They didn't really go into it any more than Gone with the Wind goes into it. He said of his own educational <laughs> upbringing. He said, but <laughs> he said, now we're doing that. And I think that's a good thing. And people should understand that. Now, we got plenty more. On, now, it didn't go into the weeds on slavery. But certainly, I know I growing up, at least in my experience, you know, there was a clear understanding that America had this dark 
part of its history where it was, you know, enslaving yeah. people and then the Civil War and everything else. So, um, but he said that now people, both sides are trying to cancel him. And, um, and so it's just, you know, he's uh, one of these voices that, look, people on the right are not going to agree with him on virtually anything. And um, I think, you know, here is why this thing matters, Trey, is um, you don't have to agree with someone to appreciate them. And I think more people need to be willing on both sides, not just liberals, not just the left, not just Democrats, conservatives, Republicans. They need to be able to do this, too. You have to be able to leave a space to disagree with your own party because right now it seems like mm-hmm. the moment you disagree with somebody you're out you're done yeah. i'm just deleting you i'm going to find somebody else who's just going to agree with everything i say and that honestly leads to echo chambers and that's actually not good and um no. you know iron sharpens iron you need to challenge these views you need to have discussions and we need to be able to discuss with one another these things you know if you're a progressive and you want progress well, you're not going to get it by just silencing one side of the issue. And, you know, same thing for conservatives, right? We're not going to, people aren't going to understand you unless you're able to have a conversation and, and give a listening ear first. And so I think people like Bill Maher are the ones that are actually able to do that. I, I think he's actually able to have a conversation and at least understand where one side's coming from and where people maybe are jumping the shark. Because I think now you're really seeing a time when people just get comfortable in narratives and it doesn't matter. It doesn't Hmm. matter. People have decided, you know what? I'm just going to be more bullish and this side's going to agree with me no matter what. And so they dig into their camp and they just don't even ever admit wrong because then you're weak. So uh, I think people like Bill Maher are are, um, the ones that we should be looking to, not for agreeing with their ideas, but for being willing to call out people you normally agree with. I mean, I think that's a healthy thing. Yeah, right. I think he's establishing a good framework, right, for having these kinds of conversations, which is kind of a funny thing because it's Bill Maher who's super brash and like is is he's going to be the voice of reason comments, (laughs) um, and he's the one who's willing to be the free thinker. Like he's an independent thinker on a lot of these issues. Yes, he's left leaning and he doesn't make any apologies for that. He's he's very progressive, um, but. He's he's willing to say, yeah, but but my side is going crazy. Like the, like you said, Dan, they're starting to sound more like the onion with a lot of these stories. And one of the things, if anybody's hasn't yet watched the clip, you should go over to faithwire.com. Billy Hallowell has a story up, and you can watch the segment because it is it, it's so funny to me to watch it because uh, it clearly was not the it didn't go in the direction maybe that Chris Cuomo was anticipating <laughs> because the question about CRT Cuomo like teed it up for him. It's like, well, we know that CRT is not actually taught in schools. It's not actually a thing, even though that won the the race in Virginia. Uh, and then that's when Mara's like, well, actually, actually yeah, it kind of is so about that. It is being that. taught in the classrooms. <laughs> and what I so appreciated is that Mar brought receipts too. He referenced like three or four different stories, like this happened here, this happened here, this happened here, this happened here. Uh, and Chris Cuomo didn't have anything to say. Uh, so I, I appreciated uh, that. Uh, and also it's interesting too, at the end of the interview, he said that now more than ever before, he said, I'm having mixed audiences at his, uh, at his shows. He said, I have conservatives who come to my show and hate half the things that I say and like half. <laughs> Uh, and then liberals who come to my show and are the opposite. They hate one half and love the other. Uh, so he said it's just a crazy time for him. And he uh, Cuomo asked, are you ever afraid about cancel culture, like coming after you? Like is HBO going to 
can you for something you say? He said, well, people ask me today, like after, after the show airs Friday on Saturday, they say, do you have a good show? And he said, I just look at my email. If I still have a contract with HBO, it's a good show. <laughs> it was a great show. <laughs> it was uh, great. So. <laughs> that was perfect. We're still getting paid. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good. All right. Well, uh, do you do you have any more you wanted to point to before we we head out of here? We got time for one more story if you've got any. Look, I so there's this one story that's just has been getting a lot of attention on our social media and one that I just love. Yeah, uh, it's uh, about uh, this uh, wrestler Olympian. Uh, we've covered her before, Tamira Mensa Stock. Uh, she just accepted the most valuable Patriot Award uh, for <laughs> from the Fox Nation Patriot Awards. There we and go. she is making headlines all over again, wowing people with the speech that she delivered. She just said such a, a proud American, and I know people love seeing that, and people have been kind of. Uh, hungry for that kind yeah. of stuff because we've been we've seen so many in the media and even athletes in the olympics over the summer who just constantly dogging america yeah. for like uh, all of all of her sins <laughs> uh, but she uh, mensa stock when she won uh, the gold medal uh, back during the olympics talked about how much she loved her country and then again this week she said during her speech at fox nation my father is an immigrant i made a way for myself uh, i was taught to love my country so i'm here to represent the usa uh, so just a, a really Really cool story. Definitely go over to, to faithwire.com and watch her full speech because she just seems like such an incredible woman and the first black woman to win gold in, in her freestyle category uh, and also a strong believer in Christ yeah. too. So just a, an outstanding woman. Yeah, it's great. And we've, we had, I do remember a couple of the stories um, from her that we've covered. And then she went and I think bought her mom like a car or a house or something or no, yep. like her, the food truck, the food truck. That it was, was a it. food truck. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That was great. So she is fantastic. Check out that story for sure over at faithwire.com. And um, that's all the time we have for today. We'll be back here tomorrow. Maybe, maybe the trifecta. <laughs> maybe all three of us will be back. We'll see if Billy will be around. Fingers and, crossed. Yeah, Trey, hopefully you don't regress. But either way, yeah. we'll be back. God bless. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day.